welcome to this podcast, My Positive Birth, a little corner of the internet where I will be collecting positive stories from women birthing their babies across the UK. My name is Lisa. I'm a doula in southwest London. I have three children and two positive birth stories. I truly believe that we can all learn so much by listening to the positive stories of women and families who have gone before us. What their birth experience was like, what they did, how they felt, how they feel now a few months or even years later. So come and surround yourself with positive birth stories told in women's own words. And I hope you'll find a village here to calm you, but also to inspire you and give you confidence in birth. All women and babies deserve a positive birth experience. So let's get cracking on today's episode. Hi everyone, um, I'm really thrilled to be joined on the podcast today by Rebecca. Hello Rebecca. Hi Lisa. And uh, as ever, if you wouldn't mind just sharing with us a little bit, whatever you'd like to about yourself and your family. Yeah, um, so I'm Rebecca, I'm from Liverpool originally, I am 32. I moved to London five years ago now, um, in 2017, and I live here um, with Jono, he's my partner, and we've got a six-month-old daughter called Sunny, um, and we live in Isheen, um, we've just moved here. Amazing, thank you. Um, so I guess it's Sunny's um, pregnancy and birth that you're going to talk about on the podcast today. Um, yeah, and really just hand the floor over to you if, if you're happy to start telling your story and uh, yeah, what, what happened. Yeah, cool. Um, so I found out I was pregnant last summer and it was a shock. It was unplanned. You know, we, John and I were engaged. We had our wedding venue booked. We had all the save the date sent out. Um, I'd been promoted in work. And then I was like, oh, pregnant. Um, so it was a total shock. And we hadn't really talked that much about having kids, but like we knew we would want to one day. Um, so it was obviously just sooner than sooner than planned. But we're the kind of couple that don't really plan things too far in advance anyway, um, to be perfectly honest. So when I told him, he was like jumping for joy and it was like all exciting. Um, it took me a while to get my head around it, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, because... I mean, you're pregnant and you're like, wow. Um, so there was like quite a few weeks went by and I was like, what am I doing? Is this, you know, is this the right thing to do? Um, but, you know, we decided to go for it. And with Johnny being just so excited about it, it really helped me. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, I got into um, hypnobirthing quite early on. Um, just sort of by luck, really. Um, I was practicing yoga quite a lot and at the yoga studio that I was going to um it's hot yoga so I couldn't really practice it when I was pregnant um so I asked them if they had um a prenatal like pregnancy yoga um and they pointed me to Lulu Winfield who if you're ever in West London and pregnant she is an amazing woman um so they pointed me to her classes and she's a prenatal postnatal yoga teacher but also she's a doula and a hypnobirthing teacher so she sort of weaves it all into her classes and um sort of the first class I didn't really know what to expect but the first class I went to you sort of go around in a circle you introduce yourselves you say how many weeks um you are how many weeks old your baby is and there was one lady in the class who said I'm 41 weeks you know the baby's late I'm getting worried and Lulu sort of put her hand up and said no 
you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Your baby's not late. Your baby's on time and baby will come when baby's ready. And I remember just thinking, wow, that's just like a really positive and like really strong, confident um, sort of way to speak about pregnancy. And I was hooked from then, like just her classes were just so um, calming from like the outside world, like hustle and bustle of being in work, being pregnant. I also had like terrible, terrible sickness for like the first 18 weeks. I couldn't really eat much um, without throwing up. Um, but just going to her classes twice a week, I just felt like everything would be all right. Just like never worried. Um, she would always, you know, have the affirmations and say like, you know, um, you're strong, capable women. You're from generations and generations of women that have given birth before you. And you just feel like, yeah, this is such like a natural um, thing to do, and, and like we shouldn't be scared or worried about it. How many um how many weeks were you when you started going to those classes? I started her classes when I was about, I'm gonna say four or five months pregnant, so quite early on, really. And yeah, I just I couldn't get enough. She was great. Um, and then I started to read more about hypnobirthing and I was doing some online classes and reading books and things. And I just really liked the theory, you know, behind it of like, it's mostly your mind that can keep you strong and keep you calm. And that's what's going to make your labor sort of the best it possibly can. Um, and I like that. I know I practice yoga and do meditation anyway. So I've sort of like, it really clicked with me. Um, but also like I was absolutely fascinated just learning about like labor and pregnancy and what happens to the body because you don't really learn about it otherwise you don't really learn about it in school and then if you're not pregnant you why would you sort of you know choose to read about that I don't know and so I was doing a lot of reading and that sort of living it made it sort of fascinating incredible um and so yeah I started doing the online sort of hypnobirthing with Jono and he was like I love this this is just a great way to live doing affirmations and breathing techniques it's just even if you're not pregnant, doing those things every day just makes you feel so positive. Um, so we were all about it. And then sort of third trimester, um, he turned to me and he was like, why don't we, you know, do it at home? Why don't you have a home birth? And I was like, oh, maybe. And I know lots of people who've had home births. My mum had one. My sister had one. I had two, I've got two cousins who um, both had their first at home as well. So I think that's also the thing is like, but it's my first baby. Should I, you know, should I go to hospital? But... Yeah, I was just, I'm lucky to be surrounded by women who also, their approach to labour is quite like no fuss. It's something natural. There's a bit of pain, but you can do it. You, there's nothing that's going to be bigger than you. You know, at the end, you'll have your baby and everything will be fine. Um, so, yeah, I think I spoke to spoke to one of my cousins who did and I was like, but it was your first baby. Like, How did you feel? And she was like, it was fine. Like, no matter where you are, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, so then... Yeah, we. I told the midwife. I was like, actually, I think I want a home birth. We live in a. T well, at the time, we were living in a tiny flat in Hammersmith, um, on the second floor. And I was like, but is this possible? You know, because I felt as well a lot of things surrounding home birth is like, but what if you can't get down the stairs and you need to go to the hospital? Or what if your, <laughs> what if your floor falls in? I know I've read that. How likely actually is that? Some of the things they say is like, you know, if you have a water birth, make sure your floor can like hold the, the weight of a pool. And it's like okay I've got like big wardrobes and sofas in my lounge I think it'll be fine um so we had the midwives come over and do their inspection or whatever they do and yeah they were said you know go for it have a home birth um so then I just became really excited I, I couldn't wait how how many weeks do you think you were when you when you made that choice do you know I think I was about 32 weeks so for a long time, we'd been going to the hospital, Chelsea and Westminster for our appointments and meeting the midwife there. 
And then, yeah. But also, like, when we went for our first appointment, they didn't ever mention home birth as an option. Um, it was just like, okay, welcome. This is where you're going to have the baby. It was never like, you could have it at home if you want. Um, so when I told the midwife, she was like, okay. Um, but it was great, you know. The rest of the prenatal appointments then were at home. Was that with a, like, a dedicated team of, or was it a community midwife team? Yeah, so Chelsea and Westminster have home birth teams, um, and they, there's about five in sort of my area. Um, so, and they they are. It seems like they're incredibly stretched. They're incredibly busy. Um, so, I think every time a midwife came to my home for the antenatal appointments, it was a different one every time. But then, by the time it got to the, the birth, I felt like I'd met all the the midwives in the team, so I sort of knew who was going to come to my home. So that was quite comforting. Um, and yeah, I didn't really, other than the sickness early on in my pregnancy, I didn't have a complicated one at all. But, you know, the usual heartburn, sleepless nights, things like that. Um, and sort of getting towards getting towards the end, I was just really excited. Um, and sort of doing lots of hypnobirthing, I decided sort of the last two weeks, sort of before the due date, I would sort of start to like block out sort of, not social events, but like going on social media or sort of you know coming off WhatsApp, switching my phone off in the evenings just to sort of make a nest sort of in my, a mental nest as well as like a obviously a physical one at home um and we decided it was the easter weekend actually we decided to just go out for a roast um on easter sunday just me and Jono um down the river and that was like a couple of days before my due date i think i think my due date was the tuesday um we just had our race and we were walking back home and I felt my first contraction or what I thought was a contraction um but it was like a quite a dull period pain it wasn't like anything like whoa um and we were walking and then we bumped into somebody we knew and they started talking to Jono and I remember just standing there being like oh oh and then they were talking and talking and talking I was like okay um and then finally as we left and we started going home. I was like, I really think this is this is like a contraction. But we didn't want to get too um, excited about it. One of the things that Lulu said in her classes was, as soon as you get your first contraction, ignore it. Just go on as normal. Um, because if it's your first baby, it could take a while to actually you know, get going properly. So I was like, okay, we'll just ignore it. Carry on. We'll walk home. I remember going home. Uh, we put a film on. Had a few more. And I was like, yeah, this definitely feels like it's getting started but then actually I went to bed on the Sunday night and they completely stopped and I did manage to get some sleep um, which was another thing that I was told to do is just sleep when I can sleep because obviously it's going to be quite a tiring tiring day when it gets going um, so I remember sleeping the next day next morning they started again and Jono actually went to work um, on bank holiday Monday which I was like what are you doing <laughs> what was he doing um, well he's a chef and he has his own business he makes miso so he's always going into the kitchen and making bloody miso um, and I actually ended up ringing him and being like no I actually really think it is starting so if you could come home that would be great and he came home and he was like yeah I probably should I don't know what I'm doing maybe I should be here um, and then it got going again and we went for another walk and that was one of the other things is like once it starts maybe just try and keep walking keep gravity on your side you know keep moving as much as possible um, so we went for a walk on the Monday and yeah that was it and then Monday evening they went away nothing happened so I went back to bed and I was like okay maybe it's not happening um, I think we watched a couple more films as well and then Tuesday they came back 
and it was like these dull pains again and I was like oh maybe today's the day just um went for another walk and I remember them sort of getting a little bit stronger on the walk and I actually had a comb in my pocket which was one of the things that I learned was if you squeeze a comb in your palm it will sort of detract away from the pain um I can't remember the official terminology for it it is basically that i think sort of an acupressure thing isn't that and so i took a comb with me on the walk and actually it really did help i just stop every time i got one and squeeze the comb then i carry on walking again um and we were sort of walking up and down the river and i remember being like oh i really need a way and john was like well we're quite far away we're like on this river path and i was like i'm gonna have to go for a way so i just like ended up going in the bushes i was like can you keep a lookout and then i was like having a way thinking what if i have the baby here uh, I was like, I probably should go home. Um, so then we walked home and it gets the same thing again. Went to bed, nothing happened. So I'd had like three nights of this. They just completely disappear at night. And had you had you broadly been able, I'm sure they weren't sort of your best night's sleep that you've ever had, but had you kind of broadly been able to sleep those three nights? Do you know what? Those three nights I'd actually slept quite deeply compared to the last few weeks of my pregnancy because I had... I don't know if I go as far as to say it was insomnia, but I was sleeping like an hour at a time and then waking up, going to the toilet and just being wide awake from half three in the morning till five. And it's like one of those things everyone says, well, you're just getting ready to have a baby. It's, it's your body's way of telling you. And I'm like, I just want to sleep. <laughs> um, so actually those nights were more like, I think I did manage to sleep. I think I did. Um and then in the day, I just remember eating loads of food, loads of carbs. That's one thing Lulu said is make sure you eat a lot so you've got energy for when it does happen. So it's eating as much as possible, um, which is not a problem for me because I love food. And then actually on Wednesday, um, I felt like they were picking up. Like they came back again, sort of late morning, and they felt a lot stronger than they'd ever felt. It's still, again, like strong period cramps, nothing like I couldn't handle. Um, so I was doing the breathing exercises, like breathing in for four and up for eight and sort of just closing my eyes and um, getting comfortable. Um, and then it was sort of by the evening time, I texted my sister and I remember asking her, like, you know, I think I think this is it. It feels like, you know, they're getting stronger and stronger. And she said, well, have you got your TENS machine on? And I was like, no, do I put that on now? And she's like, yes, get it on. So then I put the TENS machine on, which is absolutely amazing. It's sort of like really dulls them down doesn't it and you can still feel them but it feels like less intense so i put that on around 7 30 in the evening and we put another film on again and um then i was finding it a bit more difficult to sit down i was constantly like on the yoga ball or walking around um and i just kept going the loo and then i was like oh maybe i'll have a shower or a bath i sat down in the bath and i was like i think i might get stuck because it was like it's quite a small bath um so i stood up and like decided to have a shower and then by midnight on Wednesday, um, they'd really ramped up and we were using the Freya app to time the contractions because even with a home birth, they still say, you know, you want to have 10, what is it? Three contractions in 10 minutes um, before you call us, before we can even sort of think about coming out to your home. Um, so um, I remember getting three in 10 minutes, but then they'd go away again. And so it was never really consistent enough. Um, but I could feel myself like getting more and more I don't know, just like mentally my body was like getting me ready. Like I could just feel it inside of me. Like I, I felt like I knew it was going to happen. Um, so we decided to call the hospital. I think the first time we called them was probably like one in the morning. And, um, you know, they chat to you. And then because I could obviously speak and they were like, okay, uh, maybe bring us back in an hour. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then we had another hour to wait. But then sort of like the time goes fuzzy in my head. 
it sort of blurs. And so Jono was like, okay, it's been an hour, let's ring them. And I'm like, oh, feels like it had been like five minutes or something. Um, and at that point, we rang again and I couldn't really speak then. I think it was like half two or maybe three. And they they said, can we speak to Rebecca? And I, I remember just not being able to say anything and just being like, mm, just like humming or whatever. Probably not humming, maybe making more noise than that. Um, and I remember just being in my resting position, which is what I was taught in the hypnobirthing yoga. It was just, I think I was on my all fours, leaning forward onto the couch and just remembering like that was the most comfortable place that I could be. What did you have? So you had your tens, you were doing your hypnobirthing, breathing. Did you still have the comb or did you ditch the comb? I ditched the comb. I had the tens machine. Can't hold too many things. <laughs> no. And that was it. Yeah, I remember just I put all my affirmations around the flat, the living room. So I'd stuck them around my mirror. I'd had them sort of in the bathroom and everywhere. And I remember just trying to like repeat them just like in my haze of like doing the contractions being like, I'm strong, I'm strong. I can do this. I can do this. Um, and just, yeah, just like sort of riding the wave. It is like a wave, the contractions are like, you know, you feel it building and building and then you just feel it dying down, which I don't know if, if you've ever done exercise and you've got to like, say you've got to hold a plank for a minute or, you know, squat against a wall for a minute, you know, like, you know, it's going to be over. It's going to be painful, but you know, at the end, you're like, oh. so I just kept thinking about it in my head, like it's going to be over. It's going to be over. Um, and Johnny was doing all the timing of the contractions, which I don't know. They weren't really in any sort of order. You kind of imagine before you go into labor, or I did anyway, that I thought they were just going to gradually build nicely. And it would be like, okay, now there's three and 10 minutes now. But it wasn't like that. It was just all over the place. I just felt in my body, I felt them getting stronger. Um, so I was just sort of wandering around the flat. I couldn't sit down really. I just kept moving. And I remember just being told to like, keep moving, keep gravity on your side. Um, and it just felt an enormous pressure on my cervix. Um, but my waters hadn't broken. I had lost my mucus plug at some point. Um, I remember that. I don't really remember when. It's all a blur now. Um, but I knew my waters hadn't broken. Um, yeah, so the last time we called the hospital, they said, okay, we'll send a midwife. They send one midwife straight away. Um, and then once you're in active labor, they'll send the second. So they sent one. And it was really sort of calm. She She came she got her notes out she just sat there she didn't really speak much she was very quiet I remember putting in my birth plan that I kind of wanted the midwives just in the other room and like when we needed them we would ask for them or at least I wanted to see how long I could go without um sort of needing anybody like around me because I knew that might sort of throw me off a bit and she she was so sweet she just came in and she was like hi she was whispering it was very dark it's the middle of the night she had a little phone torch on like reading her notes and she was so like quiet I remember just being like oh against the walls making these noises and was there any talk of like any sort of vaginal examination or no on my birth on I said I didn't want that um I said unless it's absolutely necessary which in my head well, I believe personally, I don't think it is ever necessary. Um, I said, I don't want it. I just want to sort of go and see see how much, because the baby's going to come, you know, measuring. And also, in my opinion, it's not very accurate. Not um, just your opinion. Like, <laughs> the, the evidence suggests, yeah. So she was very respectful of that and wasn't, wasn't even mentioned. Yeah, she was. She No, she came. She was trying to ask me. So she asked me a few questions of, um, I can't even remember what she asked me now. Have I been in the toilet? Maybe just a few things. And then she went into the other room and our flat is really small. And we just, I was like, can you please go into like the baby's room, which is, is essentially like a bit bigger than a box room. But she was really kind. She did. 
um and i was just walking around i remember being like completely naked and just like ready for it to happen i knew it was happening like you know i just feel like you know your body and i've never had a baby before but what i was feeling was like this is it's you know it's coming soon um and at that point the tens machine just wasn't really doing anything then i could feel them ramping up but it wasn't anything like i never at any point was i like oh this is unbearable like i can't i can't do this i just kept repeating my affirmations to myself like i'm strong these contractually surges are not bigger than me you know all the the different ones and then i said i remember saying to Jono, can you set the pool up i'm ready to get in the pool because we wanted to have a water birth um <laughs> oh my god feel so bad that like, i was just ordering him about but he's like yes yes yes, yes, yes. um but he was really excited to like be involved and he for him he wanted to be the one that was like helping me you know do everything and i think when at the beginning when i was like gonna have a baby in hospital he kind of felt like he might be sort of just standing there and not really doing anything so he was really excited to be the one that was like just doing everything um I don't know how pleased he was with me. He was obviously drinking lots of coffee because it was late at night, but I did turn to him and I was like, can you please go and brush your teeth because your breath smells. But I remember him running to the bathroom and like, <laughs> brushing his teeth. But it's those things in like, you never know what to expect, but the smells are really overpowering. And the stench of coffee, I was like, wow, what is that? Um, so he did do that. Um, and yeah, he started to set the, the pool up. And I remember at that point, the second midwife arrived um and they were sort of talking and Jono said okay can she get in the pool now the pool's ready it's full and I remember them sort of saying okay we just need to check the temperature and in my head that's like put the thermometer in check the temperature okay yes or no but it was taking ages and ages and I just kept saying can I get in the pool can I get in the pool um which was getting me a little bit stressed because I just I knew that's where I wanted to be um and eventually one of the midwives came over at first she was going she was talking to amy amy and i obviously wasn't listening and then she says amy and i looked at her and i was like my name is not amy <laughs> and she was like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry um and she was like i just really want to measure you um do an examination before you get in the pool is that okay and i remember just being like whatever i'll do whatever just just want to get in the pool and I said to her, you can measure me, but don't tell me how dilated I am. I don't want to know. So she did. And then she went, okay, you can get in the pool. And I thought, well, um, so I got in the pool and it wasn't that warm. And I was like, this is cold water. Um, it was like an instant relief, but still I felt like it was quite chilly. So I said to Jono, can you please put some more warm water in? What happened is he left the hose on. He left the cold water tap like running into the pool. So then he had to like run to and from the kitchen with like pots of hot water, putting them into the pool. What was actually happening when they were checking the temperature of the pool? Like that part. <laughs> God knows. Or maybe it was the right temperature, but it's just, it just wasn't warm enough for me. I know. I like a hot bath. It's like a really hot bath. Um, so yeah, he had to fill it up and then it was like to the brim of the pool. Like if I moved, it would just like swish over the edge. But at that point, I didn't care. There was like water going everywhere. Um so then I got in the pool and I remember just facing Jono. He was kneeling down and he was like pouring the water over my back. And I said, just keep pouring it over my back because my shoulders are getting cold. And then the, the surges started coming a lot stronger and a lot stronger. And then that was when I was like, oh, okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And then 
I entered that like famous like transition period where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I just remember the midwives going, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And I was like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Um, so it was like maybe a minute or two of me being like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then um, I remember Johnny getting up for some reason. I can't, I can't remember. Maybe he was going to the toilet. And I was like, get back here now. <laughs> I knew I was so close. Um, and then I just wanted to like look into his eyes. I don't, I didn't want to look anywhere else, but like it was just giving me like hope that it was coming soon. Um, and like, this is a bit off topic, but like two years before, um, we'd done this cycle ride to Turkey. We'd ridden from London to Turkey on a tandem bicycle. And, um, there was times where we would come to like hills and I was on the back of the tandem being like, I can't do this. Let's get off and push. I remember him just being like, you can do it. We've only got a little bit, like 10 meters to go, 20 minutes to go. And it took me back to those moments of like, it's just a hill. You just need to get to the top of the hill. Um, and like, I could see his face then, like it took me back to like being on a bike somewhere. And I was like, yes, it's just going to be like one more hill, one more hill. Um, and I was just visualizing like getting to the top. Um, and then the midwives, I just remember one of the midwives saying, okay, Amy, Amy, I need you to listen to me now. And I turned around, <laughs> it's the second time. And I said, excuse my language, I said, who the fuck is Amy? And she just looked at me and she said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, she said, we want you to get out of the pool. Um, they'd been measuring the heartbeat of the baby um, just on my tummy. And I, that in my birth plan was kind of like, okay, you can do that as and when, but I don't want it to like every 10 minutes or whatever you do, I want it just when it's absolutely necessary. And so they measured her heartbeat and they said it's dropped. So we want you to get out of the pool. We want to try something different. And in my head, I was like, I don't want to get out of the pool. I was so close. Um, and so I kind of ignored her and like waited for another contraction. And then she said, no, we want you to stand up now. We want you to get out. And then I, kind of, I think I kind of ignored her again, but she sort of like put her hands on me and I was like, okay, I'm going to stand up. And it did feel kind of natural to just stand up. Um, and as I stood up, she was like, one more push, one more push. And I could feel like her head coming out. Um, and then they were like, the head's out. Another next contraction, all you need to do is push, breathe, breathe. And then I just remember like giving it like the biggest breath I've ever taken. And she was out. And that was basically it. They, she handed, the midwife sort of came underneath and like handed her to me. Um, we didn't know the gender at the time. We never found out. Um, and so I had her on me, but we, I just remember looking at Johnny in like disbelief, like, wow, that's just happened. Um, and it turns out her, my waters never actually broke. She came out in her waters and they sort of broke on the way out, which is why I think every time in the buildup of the labour when I was going to the toilet, I felt like a real enormous pressure every time I went to go for a pee. Um, and yes, I was holding her and they said, you know, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? And I just remember like not really wanting to like check. It was just like I wanted to be in that moment and not change change anything and Johnny was sort of like holding me and I was holding Sonia and then after a while they're like okay there's a bit of blood now you need to get out the pool we just need to see what's going on um I felt fine I felt amazing I felt like I can't believe that's just happened um and that was around 6 20 in the morning so from when the midwife the first midwife got there it was like two hours two hours 20 minutes um so it was quite quick and yeah I got out the pool and I was lying on the couch and they were, I think I remember them being quite concerned about the blood loss that was in the pool. I remember looking over and it was just like red, a sea of red. And I was like, wow. Um, and that was the first time I actually remember seeing both of the midwives faces. I think the whole time 
my eyes were closed or at least my head was down like this and I just wasn't looking at them at all I was trying to just stay in my own bubble with Jono um and I remember looking at the midwife's face and being like wow she's so young she looked like 18 I was like wow just like I'm just gonna have a little check here um so I lay on the couch and um she was like okay we just want to um have you give birth to the placenta so in my birth plan I didn't really have a preference whether I do it with the injection or wait for it to do it naturally I just kind of wanted that bit to be as sort of unplanned as possible and just see what you know um and I said I don't mind having the injection by that point when Sunny was on my chest I just I felt amazing I just wanted to do whatever you know to get in bed as soon as possible and you know get cleaned up so they gave me the injection to um birth the placenta and that came out pretty quickly um and then she checked me over for any tears or grazes. And I think I only had two grazes, so just first degree. And she um, asked me if I wanted them sti- stitched up. She said I didn't have to, but I said, yeah, go on then, just to make sure. <laughs> you know. Um, and then she said, do you want some gas and air with that? And I thought, oh, yeah, the gas and air. I forgot about the gas and air. Because I remember asking for it um, when I was talking about having a home birth with them. And everyone's saying, yeah, have gas and air. It's great, it's great. But actually you're supposed to obviously you have to ask for gas in there before they give you it and I never ended up asking for it because I think I don't know if it was happening too quickly or whatever um so I decided to have the gas in there um I remember the midwife saying you've done you've done the hard part now so just relax and you can have some gas in there if you want um and so we were just laughing like on the couch me and Jono um just like what a ride it was it was like just like the best it was better than we could have imagined like because there was like times when we were planning the home birth that we were like oh you know is this is this the right thing to do but we'd like snap each other out of it and be like yes this is what we want um and so we were just like buzzing we were like on a complete high at the end um, and to have sunny because like we had not expected this it was a complete surprise the pregnancy and so to have her and just like be looking at her it was like it was the most amazing time um and the midwives were great they um she did my stitches and then they just went into the room to do their notes and bless them they had another um home birth that they had to go to uh, but they were finishing their shift so they were like we're trying to arrange another midwife to go there so that we don't have to and we can finish our shift um and it turns out that amy was the lady whose house they'd been at before my house um so they were just like in the mode of like calling amy um and I got into bed and I remember the midwife popping her head around the door and just saying, I really want to apologise for calling you Amy. And at that point I was like, please don't, it's absolutely fine. I'm sorry that I told you to fuck <laughs> off. Um, and yeah, I just remember being in bed and it was like, it was April. So it was like really light. And I remember like looking at the blinds and seeing like the sunshine behind the blinds and thinking, oh my God, like this has been happening all night. But like, it literally felt like a couple of hours from like Wednesday evening when I put the tens machine on like time was just a blur um and all like like I said I was just in my own bubble with my eyes closed for most of the night like it was very dark and that's how I wanted it completely dark and just um very quiet so you know we opened the blinds and it was like this beautiful sunny day um and I remember just telling Jono we we sort of like text the family like early on Wednesday evening to be like oh you know something might happen um, but that was it really and I said like to Jono I don't want to want to be like updating everyone every five minutes anyway because it is just such a long thing that you just goes goes on forever um so the next text we sent was when we had Sunny and we were like she's here and everyone was like what 
what what just happened <laughs> um and then we were just sort of in bed we had some tea um we had some toast and the family were just sort of like calling and Sonny was just there on my chest and the midwives came in and were like we're going now we'll send the breastfeeding uh, midwife to watch you breastfeed and um that was it really we were just like in a bubble of like oxytocin and happiness and like yeah overwhelmed but like in a really nice way yeah amazing that's uh, and it's lovely to hear you like talk about it remembering it with such like yeah the joy is is infectious um do you mind if i ask you a couple i've got a couple bits i'm intrigued about um i suppose my first thought is um that sort of time from the sunday till the wednesday um where you had these several days of um kind of contractions coming coming and going um i think probably from what you just said the answer is no but did you tell anyone about that apart from johnny just to stop his miso <laughs> no i told i think my, my sister was the only one that i was telling and maybe my mom but like they're very very calm and laid back they my sisters had three kids my mom had five so they're like they know exactly like this could take days so they weren't getting excited which was good you know I don't know how I would have felt if they were like oh my god like they were very calm and I had I remember looking at my phone on one of the days Monday or Tuesday and having like 36 messages off friends just being because it was around my due date being like is anything happening are you okay which is really nice and like nice that they're thinking of you but I didn't reply to any of them because it was happening and I didn't want to start a commentary on it I just wanted to let it happen um so I had all these unread messages of people like checking in which is nice and it was nice to actually answer them and be like da-da she's here <laughs> but yeah you just sort of kept your little nest um yeah and really just um I think you know I wonder if those days will sort of make a break really compared to had you like totally keyed in from kind of contraction one and you got the app out and then and then you hadn't been able to sleep because you were you know you were really sort of hyped basically um yeah and often like you know when you tell your story back um it doesn't matter how many hours your labor was does it but but some people would very much have counted it from that sunday yeah i have no idea how that how people do that like 36 hours of labor i'm like when did you start counting because like for me it wasn't i was like is this it is it not and actually i forgot to add the week before the sunday before i'd had an an afternoon of like these dull period pains coming and going i was like well, maybe this is it and then I went to bed and it had gone and it had stopped so like yeah I didn't want to get excited at all and that's all I was told by anyone who'd done hypnobirthing or like had kids is like just relax like let it happen um yeah and I suppose just trusting as well like not didn't get any sense from you that like, you were particularly disappointed when the surges went away you just sort of did see that as a very sort of normal part of the process and uh yeah, I'd read, I read a lot. I like reading and I'd read a lot of like positive birth stories. One of the, like Ina Mae Gaskin's book, um, absolutely amazing, where like half the book is just women who've given birth. And a lot of their stories are they're having these surges for days and they come and they go. Um, and so I, I knew it was normal. And I think that's, that's really key is just like trying to actually, like this podcast is doing, is just trying to understand what happens. Um, because often when you hear birth stories, you're like, it started, then we went to the hospital, and then it got going. You're like, it's quite a short time frame, but actually, I mean, depends on different labours, but a lot of them are 
probably days and days. So yeah, and actually, kind of your your mindset and yeah, how you kind of feel is is key. I think um, yeah, and getting getting all that rest. Um, you know, I think if you framed it differently, you could you could tell a very different story and it could be a very different story um how many hours of labor is five days <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, they will work out <laughs> the, the another bit that was intriguing me was when um when the midwife i uh, you sort of left her stuck in the box room in the dark using a using her phone to like see her no i didn't i didn't say she couldn't have her lights on she chose to do that which was really kind <laughs> no, that was kind but she obviously did become more of a presence at some point um and did that did that just happen quite organically and uh yeah i think so i think it was really quick from when she got there to like to the point where i was stood up saying i want to get in the pool now and she was like whispering the whole time you know like being very sort of in the background um yeah it happened very naturally and i remember actually just hearing her like rustling around and it actually was quite a comforting noise it wasn't annoying it was like okay she's here I didn't need to hear all the like dilations and things like that. I just to know she was there it was like comforting. Um and then gradually when I got in the pool they they were behind me. Um and they were sort of like, You can do it, you can do it, which is really nice. And then when um I'm just intrigued, yeah, I kind of been reading and kind of evolving my own learning, but kind of this sort of like neat kind of first and second stage of labour is not actually often how women feel like in labor and that's certainly true for me um and I was just wondering you mentioned about sort of transitioning time um but did you did you feel like you were kind of pushing like was your body pushing were you pushing um no I mean I don't want to be like I just breathed the baby out because <laughs> I don't think I don't really believe that either but I just I just felt they were getting stronger and stronger and I think by the end, I did feel like I was pushing, but it was more like my pelvic floor was doing it because I've been doing pelvic floor exercises. So I was very aware of like what that would feel like if I was breathing out. And that's all I was trying to do is just make sure it was like in time with my pelvic floor. Um, and it, it did feel like pushing, but it wasn't like, ah, kind of feeling. It was, it just felt very like in time with the surges. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that was just all in sync, really. And uh yeah, that's amazing. And then did you, you said you stood up or they encouraged you to stand up. So was Sunny actually born, was she in the water or out the water? Do you know, I don't know. I'll have to ask Johnny. But I think it was as I stood up, her head came out. And so they were like, oh, the head's out. Like, don't move. Next one, you just keep pushing. Um, and she actually came out with her hand um, on the side of her face, which at the time when I could feel her like almost coming out, her head almost coming out, I remember feeling like, oh, that doesn't feel like I thought it would feel like I thought a head would feel like I don't know one big feeling but it felt kind of like prickly on the side um but it's her little hand <laughs> interesting yeah so that's even more um you know because that was obviously a little bit more com- like complicated for your body to um to birth her because it increases the diameter so uh yeah even more kind of yeah amazing really just that you you had got yourself in a position where you could just be totally free to listen to what your body was telling you I just remember learning about the knees in calves out position and being like, just stay in this position. This will be the one. And that's all I wanted. That's all I, where I wanted to be. Thinking, oh, I might just turn over and see how that feels and just going, whoop, no. And just like the only place I wanted to be was on all fours. Um, yeah. Perhaps because the pool was so full that that helped you out on the, on the standing bit. You're probably like just underwater, whatever, wherever you were in that pool. There was plenty of water in it. Perhaps that was... Uh... <laughs> 
stay stay lovely too honestly and um yeah anything the new question but kind of any anything that i can probably guess but anything that you were really glad that you did or anything that you did that perhaps you wouldn't do um if you had to have another baby um no honestly look back on all of it and think i just i wouldn't change anything about it um the only thing i do differently is and that's only because I've had a baby now, is just have even more trust in my body. So when the midwife's saying, can I just check, you know, do an examination, I'd probably turn around and say no. Like, I know I need to get in the pool now. Um, and then the moment at the end when they were saying, okay, we want to try and get you out, I think I'd probably have even more trust because I, I just knew, I was like, I'd, I'm so close. Like, I know I don't want to get out. And I remember in my head, I'm like, What's, what am I going to do? Like, they're going to flip me over, like pull it out or like it's just having all these images in my head so I just probably have even more trust in myself um to have it how exactly how you know I put in my birth plan but um no I honestly wouldn't do anything different and would you go for the same sort of comfort measures like did you did you think oh I wish someone had mentioned the gas or were you you know were you perfectly fine you kind of felt yeah no, there was like maybe one point where I was like, oh, when I was transitioning, I was like, I can't do this, I can't do this, maybe. But now I look back and I was like, I've shown myself that I can do it and that it's not bigger than me. Like in your affirmations, it says that they're not you because they are you and it, you know, all the strength you have is all you need. Um, and so now I'm glad they didn't offer it. Well, they wouldn't offer it to me, but I'm glad I didn't ask for it. Um, because also like when I did have the gas in there afterwards, you know, I was chatting all sorts like it might have taken away the like the really vivid memory that I have of having Sonny I don't know um so no I don't think I would I would definitely if I have another one and I decide to have a home birth I'd definitely ask for it there because but I don't I don't see myself asking for it again I don't know yeah if that happens yeah. you know perhaps you would have um believed that you were Amy <laughs> <No. laughs> oh god I felt so bad <laughs> no but it's um yeah i mean again i think it just really challenges the narrative doesn't it that it's that birth is bigger than us i mean yeah you put it kind of the best way um but actually all you didn't need anything did you apart from apart from your apart from yourself no and that's all and that is just from those four months of the hypnobirthing yoga classes where we would be standing against the wall with our backs against the wall repeating these affirmations and you know breathing and time and it was basically like training, like training for a marathon, like you just go over it and over it and over it and over it. And so once you're in the moment, you're like, okay, I know what to do now. And you repeat these things and you believe them. And it is, it, it, they're true. And yeah, when you tell people you're pregnant and they go, oh, where are you going to have it? What kind of birth do you want? Like, you just, I don't know. It's... I think, yeah, often we're kind of, the system is kind of set up to make us feel like we need help just as a, as a matter of routine don't we and we and we kind of won't be able to do it without without help which i think yeah it's worth stories like yours say let's say helpful because obviously there is a time and a place but it's really not the case that everybody is going to need need input and actually for parenting like you really need much more messaging when you're pregnant that you can do it don't you because actually then when you have the baby you you know the sort of help and the appointments fade away and you kind of need to have that confidence um you know that you do have what you no, need exactly. to um the worst question people would ask me when i say i'm having a home birth was like what if something goes wrong and in my head it was like well surely we know well before i was actually like having it which is easy to say now because i've had it but I just wasn't scared. I was like, this is meant to happen. Like for nine months, on, like in your 
body, you're making a baby without you even using your brain to think about it. You're not sitting there going, right, today I'm going to make an ear. You're just making this baby. So why, when you come to have the baby, all of a sudden do we need all this external help? It's like your body knows what to do. It's been doing it for nine months. Um, so I just had to keep believing that. And and then, like I said at the beginning, it helps to have people around you that have done it and that have those experiences of, yeah, you just have to let it happen. And like it shows just what having like this positive sort of network around you can do for your mindset. And like I can imagine if all I had around me was people telling me horror stories, I would be like, oh, my God, no, I can't do this on my own. But you, you can. I remember very vividly at seven years old, like my mum had my brother at home and I remember seeing it. It wasn't like not actually witnessing the birth but like afterwards with him there and it didn't seem like it was anything out of the ordinary it just seemed very natural um so I think that's why I've always just thought this is meant to happen which is true you know yeah what amazing legacy from your mum and uh and how it's amazing isn't it to me anyway how birth can be nothing out of the ordinary and absolutely extraordinary at the same time and uh yeah that's the only thing I fear for you coming from such a legacy of like birthing women is that you wouldn't you know were they just all like oh yeah well done Rebecca let's uh what's what's the next news or yeah uh, no they were just like oh that happened really quick well done um I remember my sister sent some um Gail's breakfast and we were just in bed having Gail's like it was any other day but we'd had our we got our baby it was just really nice yeah it was so nice it was lovely thank you um any final wisdom um to pass on so if there's pregnant mums listening or people are supporting mums um just try and as much as possible shut out all the noise even if it's coming from people who you really love your nearest and dearest if it's not helping you and it's feeling like negative just block it out like I remember having a conversation with a friend quite early on in my pregnancy and I came away from it feeling quite negative and scared and like frustrated um and so I made a decision not to talk to that person about being pregnant again. Obviously, I'm still friends with them, but like, you know, not to go down that route and just anything that makes you feel a bit negative. Like one of the things I stopped doing in my third trimester was watching any stressful TV, even including like the news, because it was all like COVID and all these topics that just make you feel stressed. Um, and I remember one of my friends inviting me to watch Batman. And I was like, no, it's going to be too stressful. <laughs> it's just Batman. But I was like, I can't do it. Um, but anything like that that just makes you feel worried or anxious, block it out and just get in your own bubble from as early as you need and surround yourself with positivity. There's so many like podcasts, books, um, anything out there that, you know, shows women who've had labour and they've enjoyed it, no matter what kind of labour, you know, it can be home birth or C-section, whatever, but they've had a positive experience. It's like it will just give you so much more confidence and there are those moments that I had when I was in the pool thinking I can't do this, but I just come back to my like, inner voice and was like, no, I can do this. It's not bigger than me. And it's all supposed to happen. It's been happening for thousands of years. Like this is not a new thing. Um, yeah. Just trusting yourself and just block out any noise. That's like not useful, not helpful, whether it's TV or social media is a big one. I think you can go down massive rabbit holes. Well, you can anyway, like in any topic, but in pregnancy. And there's so much like different advice that you can end up spending hours and hours reading things. And even if it's useful stuff, you can just, I think, just overload sometimes. And you have to like get back in touch with yourself and like your own experience. Like it's going to be different for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. And thank you so much for adding your story to, um, you know, you saying, 
yeah, reading other women's stories and hearing them is really powerful for you so that, you know, your story will now be passed on to, to do the same for other women. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant. And, and um, you mentioned before the podcast that, yeah, you know, you kind of really enjoying being a mother. And I know that kind of the positive start is uh, can really make a difference to that. So, uh, 100%. You hear a lot, they say, you know, it's not the birth you want to plan for, it's the after you need to plan for. Well, I think you need to plan for everything. Like the more positive your birth experience, the easier it is to transition to be a mom and the recovery. And, you know, if you have a traumatic birth, then you are dealing with that as well as like learning how to be a mom. Um, so I think it's it's well worth planning for. And Yeah, so I hope you carry on enjoying your, uh, your little baby. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks, Rebecca. It's been great. Thank you. Good. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast does not present itself as medical advice and neither should it be taken as such. The views represented here are personal to the women telling their stories. Sorry for this slightly patronising disclaimer, but such is the world we live in today. Always seek out the information you need before making your own decisions.